I'm going to be in Genesis chapter 3. I've been on the Genesis kick for this last week or two, actually. And I always like when, I, when I'm in that book, studying that book, um, because there are so many fresh reminders. But then that's nothing new to us all, because everything that we read in the scriptures, we read over and over and over again. And we learn new things and we gain many fresh insights into the mind of God. And, and as a result, we gain new insights into how we ought to conduct ourselves as believers. Now, you know, I like to present God's word unapologetically. There are lots of people who like to massage God's words to make his truths palatable to people. They massage the message of God's word to make people feel better about accepting it. I don't do that and I will not do that. And no minister of God and minister of the gospel should ever do that. God said things the way that he said them. He said the things that he said for a reason. And one of the big reasons is to clearly identify before men who his people really are. So what I'm about to talk about, some people are just not going to like. And the truth about it is, is that if they don't like it, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That is between you and the creator. It is between you, the created one, and he who is the creator of all. So my last uh, presentation, my last series was, had to do with the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And I dealt with, I, I began in my last series to present the Curses, because God cursed Satan, he curses Eve, and he curses Adam. My last one, I dealt with the cursing, God's curse on Satan. Today, now, I'm going to deal with God's curse on Eve. And a lot of you ladies and men, if you understand what is being conveyed are not going to be happy about this message. It's not going to be, you're not going to be happy. Now, the next message I'm going to do is going to be on God's curse of Adam. And it's going to be the same thing. So I'm not leaving anyone out. I'm not leaving out God's curse of Satan. I'm not leaving God's curse of Eve out. And I'm not leaving God's curse of Adam out. So now, we know in Genesis 3 and in verse uh, uh, 15, the Lord told Satan, the Lord told Satan that he was going to put enmity between his seed, Satan's seed, 
and the seed of the woman. For those of you who are students of the word of God, you will know that the seed of the woman, seed as in singular sense, is Christ. The only one who stood outside of the fall and was prophesied first right here in the book of Genesis chapter 3 in verse 15. The first prophecy of the Bible. And it is also the first time that the distinction was clearly made by God between the seed of Satan and the seed of the woman, meaning Christ. In other words, there are two types of people. One are those who are the seed of Satan and two, those who are the seed of Christ. That is what we're dealing with here. Now, God said that it would be he, it is he who established the enmity between Satan's seed and the seed of the woman. And that also means that it is God who is the one who determines who would belong to the seed of the woman versus those who would remain the seed of Satan. So what we are seeing here in Genesis 3.15 and going forward is that everything the Bible has to say, it says not to the seed of the serpent, not to the seed of Satan, not to Satan's children. Everything in the word of God is addressed to those who are who belong to the seed of the woman. That is those who belong to Christ. The whole Bible, the whole Bible is God's message, his communication, his completed voluminous, voluminous work on what he intends to convey to those who are of the seed of the woman. The seed being Christ and those who are in Christ. That means you and I who are the believers, the Christian family, the church, the Israel of God. So, it's important to understand this because what I'm about to, to get into, what I'm about to get into is addressed to God's people. To God's people. To make them understand his order, the divine order that he has prescribed for the management of his church, for the governance of his church. Nothing that I'm telling you now, in fact, none of the Bible at all is a message to the unbeliever, to the wicked, to the seed of the serpent. All of the Bible, including what I'm talking about today, pertains to those who are believers and those who are the offspring of the Lord Jesus Christ. That being said, I'm going to deal with the curse that God pronounced upon Eve. So get ready for this because a lot of you are going to have a hard time with this. But I'm not going to pull any punches and I'm not going to apologize on for anything that God says because 
that would imply that there's something I disagree with, with the way God presented. So one of those kind of things where people always say, I like what you said. I just don't like how you say it. Well, mankind has had this problem with God ever since the inception of his word. So now nothing's going to change as far as I am concerned. And as far as how I intend to carry out that which I have been entrusted with and every one of you should believe and respond in accord. So the curse of God to women, the woman, Eve and her daughters, which is you females who are believers. Believers. To the woman, to the woman, God said the following. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. And your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. That is the sum and total of God's curse to Eve and all of her daughters, her daughters, those who are amongst the seed of Christ. Now, God tells her, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception, and in pain, you will bring forth children. Now, I will multiply your sorrow. I will multiply your sorrow and I will multiply your conception. Now, there are lots of things here. It's a very loaded phrase. It's a very loaded phrase. But here's the thing. I will multiply your sorrow. It seems to indicate that in addition to the pain that women undergo with childbearing, that there is also a layer of sorrow that doesn't that is not just restricted to birth pains. Sorrow sort of also adds a layer of emotional sensitivity. Emotional sensitivity. In other words, there is an element in which God is letting us know that you women are going to be more sensitive to things than we barbaric men are. And so you will undergo sorrow. You will care for things more. You will have higher degrees of anxiety. And perhaps in modern expressions, you may have higher degrees of depression. I'm no psychologist, but sorrow is something that will be common for women. Women 
are tearful about things. Women are more emotional about things. Women have a tendency to be more feeling about things. Women will have a tendency to be more concerned about things than the way men do. And certainly in the way they express themselves. Us men, we always, we generally have a, have a stoned faced position to things. Even in the death of loved ones, you know, men hold back the tears for the most part. But men have a tendency to be more stern about things, whereas women have a tendency to be more sorrowful. Now, there's a lot in this, but I think it is important to understand that women will have multiplied sorrows. And I think that it has a lot to do with the emotional position. And this is important, I think, for women to understand. Because this suggests to me that there are certain aspects in what stirs up the emotional apparatus within women that cannot be treated by science because it wasn't intended to be treated by science. In other words, some of the things that women may go through psychologically in today's lingo is not something that a psychologist or a psychiatrist can treat nor should be treating. This is something that God, this is a mechanism that God gave to women. And he gave it as a result of the fall. He gave it as a curse to them, which means that it is inescapable. It is inescapable. There's no cure for it. There's no cure for a curse that God put on anyone or anything. There's no cure for it. You cannot undo what God has done. And what we find often is that people are trying to undo or to render numb what God has put on you to endure and undergo. 